I wanted to preach this morning, and I, I feel like I, I, I need to offer wisdom. I, I pray when I prepare for a message for wisdom, for discernment, and, and for you, all of you. I asked um, a young adult, my daughter actually, what, what do people need? Because I, I want to know, what do people need on a Sunday morning? She said something interesting. She said, um, they need to be able to deal with anxiety. And I was, I was amazed by that. Anxiety. In today's world, there's all sorts of craziness going on. There's half-truths, there's mistruths, there's this opinion, that opinion. There's social media that never agrees. And all of these things. And so what does it do? It causes confusion. They don't know what to do. What do we do with half-truths? We need to turn again to the scripture where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and seek to follow after what what he might offer us. Um, Now, wisdom does not necessarily simply come with age. You can be old and still stupid. (laughs) You know, like, oh, never mind. But I've spent 40 years, 40 years following Jesus and this book. So I think I have a a little bit to offer this morning. So this morning I want to offer you uh, a handful of wisdom. I want to offer you a handful of wisdom. And let me unpack that. Let me suggest to you that we do life with a handful of wisdom. Do life with a handful of wisdom. Where are you at today? I asked you that. Now, now you might be rejoicing. You might be downtrodden. You, I don't know. But if I can illustrate it this way, in life, I think there's a circle. And I think, you know, one time, we're rejoicing. We're, we're super happy, etc., etc. Then something happens, and we go down the curve, and we need to pray. And then as we do that, God gives us something, a truth that we might ponder. And as we meditate upon it, perhaps memorize that scripture, we ponder that, and then we put it into practice. And then something amazing happens. Peace. Um, Is it at all possible to turn down the monitors? It's just kind of echoing in my ears here. And then at the end, what do we come back to? That's a powerful point, eh? Do it again. <laughs> we come back to praising the Lord or, or rejoicing. And it's a circle. And regardless of where you are in life, we're on this circle. We're at one point or another. So let me encourage you today that we might have a handful of wisdom. We might have a handful of wisdom. What does that mean? I've spent a great deal of time praying for you, asking, you know, where are we? What can we do with this? And I think the the passage that God gave me is important to us. So have a look at Philippians 4 and verse 4. Philippians 4 and verse 4. You might have it on your phone. You might have your Bible. You might have nothing. Why? Come on. Let me tell you a truth that I learned way back a, a number of years ago when I was at college. Um, one of my profs said to me, it's important that you accept, that you learn, that you make your own what I teach here. You see, you're responsible for your spiritual growth. Did you get that? 
You are. Not the pastor's job, not my job, not Sunday school teacher, etc., etc. You are responsible for your own spiritual growth. So you should crack the book. You should have a Bible. You should have it on your phone. It should be a part of your life. Why? Because then you can leak. Got it? Okay. Philippians 4 and, and, and verse 4. Let me um, first unpack it this way. We start with praise. It's amazing, right? We're, we're worshiping the Lord, you know, all this, and then something happens. And then what do we need to do? We need to pray. And then God gives us a word, and we can ponder that, and then put it into practice, and then peace becomes a part of our lives. And in this circle, we, we see our lives every, every day, every year, as we go on and on. Praise, pray, ponder, practice, and then peace. Okay, Philippians 4 and verse 4 reads as follows. Rejoice in the Lord always. The rejoicing in the Lord is not bad. The always, that's a little more difficult. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Let me pray with you. Father, we pray that your word might wash over us. That we might learn from your word this morning. Holy Spirit, that you might empower these words. That each of us would be able to take away truth from you this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of us here today are probably here because we're followers of Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. But as with all relationships, there are times of great joy and times of growth. I don't know about you, but in my life, um, we've had all sorts of ups and downs. And I'm reminded of what Paul says in Romans 8 and 28. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Ever unpack that verse? All things. Like when our house burned down? Yeah, all things. There's all sorts of things that come in life. But they, they come at us and they help us to deepen our walk with the Lord. So let me give you a handful of wisdom this way. Look at your thumb. That's rejoicing. So the next time you're driving and you're driving down and you see your thumb, that's rejoicing. Okay, we need to rejoice. They say that some people are, are optimists. They're glass half full. I sometimes tend to be a glass three quarters full. And I, I don't know why that is. That's the way God has wired me. But here's something that, that is interesting to me. The, the joy of the Lord, of walking with him, of knowing him, of relating to him, that relationship with him, sometimes it just washes over me and it's like, oh, it's amazing. 
Anyone else? Two people. Cool. All right. We really need to pray this morning. Oh, three. Yes. It's good. That, you know, one of the pastors put up right. <laughs> but what what I'm stuck on is how do I take that, which is so awesome, but it's inward because of a relationship, and then share that. Because I want others to know that joy. Right? Do you get it, church? Right? You, you want others. Oh, I just want to give this gift to you. But it's a spiritual thing that they might receive it and then walk with Jesus. But here Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now this got me thinking. What's the most repeated command in Scripture? This, by the way, rejoice in the Lord is an emphatic. It's, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. And he commands us to rejoice. And if you're not rejoicing, why? Circle. Okay. What is the most common command in Scripture? Any suggestions? Thank you. Fear not. Here in this context... Be anxious for nothing. It's the most common command in all of Scripture. Over and over and over, it's repeated. Why? Because in life, there's all sorts of things to fear. But God is in the center of it. And then the second one, interestingly enough, rejoice. The second most common command in all of Scripture is rejoice. Celebrate who God is. Walk with him. Rejoice. And do you see how they're intertwined? How if you're rejoicing, the fear goes away? All of that is all tied together in the word. God wants you to taste real joy this morning. And if you're not, I have a solution in the scripture this morning. So that at the end of this message, there should be a formula for you to rejoice because it's commanded of you to do it. Okay. I don't mean to trivialize the trials you, you may be experiencing. The suffering might be exquisite. The sorrow almost drowning you. The fear near paralyzing. The Bible is as real life as it gets. You, you read the scriptures and see what some of the people went through, especially the prophets. You see what Jesus went through, where they stretched out his arms and they nailed him to a cross. It's real. But... If you can believe it, God's dominant theme is fear not, rather rejoice. God wants us to know the kind of hope that has the power to reproduce joy in us, even in terribly painful situations. He repeatedly commands us to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Paul, at the writing of this, was in prison. Not like modern-day prisons. He was in, in prison, lingering there, wondering, will my life continue, or will they take it? But he can still, do you see that? He can still rejoice. Now, before we move much further, I want to be clear here. Joy is different from happiness, and here's why. If I give each of you a million dollars today... Okay, let me, if I give each of you 20 bucks today, 
then you'll be happy. It's situational. But joy is relational. It's because of our walk with Jesus. Joy, you cannot take away my joy. You can do anything to me, but you cannot take away my joy because it's relational, and I'm in a love relationship with God himself. And that should be our response. Regardless of what God, or pardon me, what the world throws at us, we should be joyful, rejoicing, praising the Lord. Okay. Do life with a handful of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Secondly, look at your index finger and realize which way it points. And need to pray. The thumb is praise, index finger, for prayer, with joy. Why? Because stuff happens. Notice how I PG'd that stuff. Things happen in our lives. Don't they? Come on, there, there's so much that goes on all the time. If you have children, <laughs> stuff happens, right? I mean, you know, all sorts of things happen. Anybody who's raised teenagers here? Let me give you a little bit of hope. Mine's now the children's pastor here, one of them. <laughs> right? Anyway. I completely lost my notes. We are to pray. Um, When we pray, what happens? God gives us peace. Right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There we go. When you have one page and it's out of order and you go to look at your notes and it kind of throws you a curve. Okay, do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer, we give it and we lay it at the feet of Jesus and what happens? Peace. Peace comes. And it says peace that surpasses all understanding. It's, it's not logical. It's relational. And God gives us this peace that is amazing for us. Okay, push the pause button for a minute. Marianne and I were discussing, that's my wife, and we were discussing this. And, you know, I've put this passage to memory a lot of years ago because of some of the things that have gone on. But she said, you know, you can't just say that. This last passage here be anxious for nothing, but, you know, give it over to God. It's really easy to read. It's really easy to say. But it's difficult. So when we say pray, it's not a bullet prayer. This kind of prayer, when you're in a situation, you labor in prayer. And as you labor, God fills you with his spirit. God gives you peace. The word here, it says that... um, that he guards around us. Imagine God's elite spiritual forces encamping around you so as to give you peace. 
What other force in this world could be that strong? And we rely upon that because God encamps around us and he gives us peace. It's like we're in this ultimate shelter when we pray, when we labor in prayer, and then God comes to us and builds us up. The scripture says that we're not to be surprised when we suffer. Rather, we should expect it. Um, You know, sometimes we we paint this picture of, well, if you accept Jesus, everything will be rosy. (laughs) Nonsense. But here's the situation. As you go through these things of life that everyone goes through, God is faithful. God is there. Right? Okay. When we encounter suffering, when we encounter something significant in our lives, when, when the bottom falls out, what's the first word that should come out of your mouth? Father. Why? Because we're in a love relationship with God himself. And he comes to us, and and he's a part of our lives, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we go through stuff, where do we turn? Oh, God. Father. That first word out of our mouth, and we turn to him, and he's always there, and he's always faithful. He'll never abandon us. Isn't that awesome? I mean, oh, so wonderful. We're praising the Lord. Stuff happens. What do we do? Oh, God. And he's there. He's there in the middle of it. Father. James tells us, the book, not the pastor. (laughs) Actually, both. (laughs) Um, Is any one of you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and they will anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Do you, do you see what God offers? There's nothing in life that he can't handle and he doesn't take it away from us but rather helps us encourages us, builds us up, and lets us walk with him through the pain. Always there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I love that part, because it's almost like paying it forward. We're, We're thanking him before, you know, in the middle of it. We're thanking him. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. An amazing thing. Do life with a handful of wisdom. Praise, ponder, or pardon me, praise, prayer, and now ponder. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I had to do it. A number of years ago, I was pastoring in Kamloops, and, and I, I put this finger into a biscuit joiner. Seven stitches. And on, on Saturday morning, here I am, flipping the bird to the whole congregation. But anyway, that, that's another story for another time. Praise, prayer, and now ponder. What do I mean? 
ponder. See, I'm gray-haired, and so some might look at me and go, oh, you're just you're old school. And I know some of the young people here who have stronger thumbs than anyone else in the history of mankind. But um, they're, they're a part, your phones are a part of you, right? I mean, all of us really in today's world, technology is a part of us. And I think it's wonderful, it's awesome what we can get out of it, but here's something that's missing. Not that. Quiet. We need to ponder. You see, as we go through stuff, we have this amazing thing called the scripture. And as we ponder it, it can be a part of our lives and it can change us, literally. But you know, when we're flashing back and forth, when our life is so busy, we don't ponder. And it's a lost art. We need to get alone with Jesus and the word and let it wash over us. There are so many... <clears throat> yep, here we go again. <laughs> I really should have ordered my pages first. Sing amongst yourselves. Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. I, I was telling someone this morning, I was doing a funeral once, and you know, I had my notes here, and this wonderful lady got up to sing, and, ah, and then, then she grabbed her music and her notes and went and sat down. And, you know, funerals are awkward. The funeral director told me once, you know, you can make a mistake at a wedding, people, ha, 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 laugh. But if you make a mistake at a funeral, not even God will forgive you. <laughs> she, she took my notes. And, you know, I had to say, oh, I think someone took my notes. And everybody goes, ha, 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 ha. No, really. <laughs> okay. Meditate or ponder what the word says. I went to this Sunday school class when I was first saved in my 20s. And our Sunday school teacher, um, back in those days when we had adult Sunday school classes, made us memorize scripture. And at the time, you go, oh, okay. And, you know, he, he would test you, like, you know, you, you did it. But here's the thing. Those verses are a part of me, right? And then after the years, after that, you put things to memory, and it's a lost art. Why? Because we use our phones. I'm not trying to, to you know, downplay phones or anything like that, but we need to be able to know the word, and it needs to be a part of us. Not just read it, but ponder and let it, you know, let it be important to us so that in the times of crisis or in the times of joy, this scripture comes and it fills us and, and we re-experience God in it. You know, 
There's a, an old, uh, there's a verse that in, in the King James it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And the King James written in 1611 is very, very archaic. But the reason I know that in the King James, because of people quoting it to me. Because I never really used a, a King James Bible. But people quoted it to me. And it's that important. I remember um, being in a Sunday school class, and we read th th this verse, and it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, focus on the second half for a minute. God, all-powerful, creator of heaven and earth, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Oh, talk about a blank check. Come on. That's awesome. And then, you know, all these desires. But we need to read the first part first. Delight yourself in the Lord. You see what happens when we do that? Our desires are his desires. And we have this relationship. And then, you know, we, we, our desires become his and we start living life that way and experiencing joy. All because of what? Because we pondered a certain verse and let it become real to us. That's just one example. But here it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We need to ponder. We need to spend time. We can't just go moment to moment in a flash of a screen or whatever. We need to get alone with God and with his word and ponder, meditate, memorize. Let it become a part of us, filling our heart with all these wonderful truths. Okay, do life with a handful of wisdom. Your ring finger, you know it's the weakest finger? Uh, you, you know, you try and pick that up, it's hard to do that. Anyway, it's the weakest finger. We need to practice. Just think for a moment. When I say mature Christian, who comes to mind? Don't, don't answer, but just think. Mature Christian. I said just think. <laughs> but thank you. <clears throat> okay. Um, the first marathon, Marianne and I wrote, um, ran the Penticton Marathon, which is the Ironman course with a mountain in the middle of it. Anyway, we're running separately because we run at different speeds, but th this guy passed me, and on the back of his t-shirt, it said, I'm old, I'm fat, but I'm ahead of you. <laughs> Love that. Okay, in your Christian walk, there's people who are ahead of you, naturally. There are people who are behind you. What I really think we need to do is this. We need to hold hands. We need to get to know those people ahead of us and learn from them, right? And in the same way, we need to hold a hand behind us. And I'm not trying to say there's a hierarchy. There isn't. We're all in this together. And we might have learned something here and learned something there, and, and we can help each other in that, right? We can co-mentor, if you will. When we were at Bible school, we took a marriage enrichment course. And... Um, 
The facilitator, I thought, was brilliant. He didn't do anything. All he did was bring in resident experts. You know, this couple's really good at dating, and they would talk for that, that session. This person is really good at finances, and that person would share, right? You see, in life, all of us have strengths, and we can play to them, and we can help others, right? So if you have a, a concern, when I say mature Christian and that person comes to mind, why not invite them to coffee and go and let them speak into your life? Or perhaps, if, if you're that person and you have something to share, if you have a passion, why not invite someone to lunch? Did you see the financial value here? One is only coffee, the other one's lunch. Anyway, and, and then let them, let people experience your walk with God as you do life together. I'm a firm believer in the church. We are the church. And I don't care who you are, you have something to offer. And if you do not believe that to be true, you come see me. You can buy me lunch. <laughs> right? I totally messed up my pages. Hey. We can do something together that we can't do apart. Paul says here that we're to put into practice the things that we see in him. Let me go broader with that. Paul followed Jesus. And then for generations since then, people have followed Jesus. And it's our turn right now to build into the lives of these people around us. The gospel will fail in one generation if we're not a part of it. Fail completely. Be wiped out, annihilated. It's our turn. So we are responsible for our own Christian development, our own maturity, our own growing in Christ. Do you get that? If you're lacking, find a mature Christian, get with them, and let's do life together. If you have something to offer and something you've learned, help someone else go through that and let them learn from you. And together, we are able to grow in the Lord and change this world for Christ. Okay. Do life with a handful of wisdom. Uh, finally, your pinky represents peace. Praise, prayer, ponder. I can't do it. Practice. And then peace. Isn't it interesting that the most common command in Scripture is do not be afraid? Peace. That surpasses all understanding. I love this. Because I don't know about you, but we've been through the ringer. We've through, through life. All sorts of things have happened. But in the middle of it, we find God. And he gives us peace. And what does that do? It causes us to go full circle to praise again and to rejoicing in what God has done for us. It's awesome. The full circle. Supernatural peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace. 
Let me suggest today that we are to rejoice so hard that our heart hurts. You ever been there? Oh, this is so good. We're in church. We're in a place where we come together and we celebrate and the worship team's rocking. Oh, this is fabulous. But if you're not there, if you're not rejoicing, why? Perhaps you need to pray. Then as God gives you something or someone, you need to ponder that and put it into practice. And then again, see God give you peace and rejoice in what he's done for us. Worship team, come please. Do life with a handful of wisdom. Our volunteers this morning for for helping out with communion, uh, I was chatting and saying you need to be able to preach, pray, or die on a moment's notice. In other words, you need to be able to be involved in what God presents to you in the moment. So let me do this. If you're a Christian today, I'd like you to, in your heart of hearts, silently pray right now. Now let me offer something here. I think maybe there's people here who've never begun a relationship with Jesus. For me, I was, I was 22 when I understood that it wasn't a matter of me being good. It was a matter of me receiving the gift of forgiveness that Jesus offered. That's why Jesus died, to pay the price for our sin, so that in receiving that gift changed my life completely. I think most of us here are in that position. But I don't know all of us. I don't know your heart. God does. So this morning, I want to offer a time for you to simply say, yes. I want to receive that gift that you offer. It's nothing that you do. You don't somehow measure up. That's a lie of the enemy. Rather, you receive a free gift that only Christ can offer. In John 1, it says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's, it's a step. It's one step to receive. You don't have all the answers? nor will probably you ever, but it's the first step. And as you do that, God enters and you begin this relationship with him. And as we see in church, so many smiling faces going, yes. So this morning, I want to challenge you to make a step. I don't want to call you up. I don't want to embarrass you. But if you're online and this is speaking to your heart, just simply enter into the chat that's me and we'll pray for you that way but if you're here this morning I simply want you to do one thing I want you just to lift up your hand that's all I'll ask you to do praise the Lord awesome Okay, let's pray. Father, 
You do so much for us. Oh, we celebrate that. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for these individuals who have put their faith in you, made that first step this morning, and I pray, God, that you will fill them with your spirit, that you will give them people in their lives that can teach them about you so that they can walk with you and grow. We thank you, Lord, this morning that we... We can praise the Lord. We can just full of rejoicing. And we ask God that you will help us to, to live that circle out and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.